0: Hello, I'm Raylan. Welcome to Honolulu Millennial, the small space of the internet where we share stories and talk story about millennials with millennials who are doing great things in Hawaii that are from Hawaii or went to school in Hawaii. Okay, <laughs> I like that. I feel like I'm getting a little closer to the core of why I created this podcast—to bring people together, meet new people, and build a community. So this week we talked to Jen May and a little bit with Pono, her doggo. Jen May and I talk about how she got into photography that led to creating Jen May Photography, working with programs and organizations in the community, adulting, and Clubhouse. Speaking of Clubhouse, Honolulu Millennial is now a club on Clubhouse. So if you're on there, make sure to follow, become a member, and jump into rooms and let's get to know each other. So if you're not on there, please join. Also, Every week, we'll be hosting a room with a guest of the podcast, so be sure to check out the link at Honol Millennial's Instagram for upcoming Clubhouse Rooms. Woo! All right. Now, on to the episode. Here is Jen May. Enjoy. Hello, Jen May. Hello, hello. So, okay, so this is what I know about Jen May. (laughs) Jen May is a photographer. You're a freelance photographer. You do weddings and all of those nice events. Um, And you also, you work for the Center for Tomorrow's Leaders? Mm -hmm. Your your, your full-time day thing?
1: I'm actually, they're one of my um, contracts. So, yeah, so I do, um, I'm like your storyteller their media uh, website um, any way that I could share the story of the youth and, and then you know the young people that they work with um, and I still mentor some of the students as well but oh nice uh, no longer full-time a couple years ago they it's kind of cool like my business shifted and they became one of my clients so that was nice
0: okay so for the people who don't know tell us what Center the center for tomorrow's leaders are and what they do
1: oh okay um, so it's a local nonprofit and they're in the business of empowering uh, young leaders for Hawaii and so you know in, in the traditional sense when you think of a leader um, you think of a student who maybe has title like they're the president of this club or uh, they do this for the student government um, but we really wanted to capture um, the, the leadership that's not really seen or not yet developed so the students who don't yet have title uh, so those are the students that we work with and um, yeah it's it's, you know, they do student projects, uh, leadership projects, and not just talk about it, because, you know, there are a lot of different things out there where you put together this project idea, mm-hmm. um, but you don't actually do anything with it. And so we need, we need more leaders who do um, what they say they'll do.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: we really want to make a space for students to be able to do that. They might not always succeed or get to the place mm-hmm. that they want it to be at, but at least they even try. And that's that's the best, thing, you know, best thing that could happen mm-hmm. um, out of that situation. But yeah, so that's the kind of work that they do, um, and we're in a lot of different schools, public high schools, um, not just here on Oahu, but on the Big Island, Lanai, uh, Kauai. Now it's pretty oh, awesome. I, I've,
0: I've the Center for Tomorrow's Leaders has come into conversation with like several of our clients that we've worked with. Um, really? I know, yeah. So the um, one of our clients um, who works in finance, they were considering, you know, partnerships with different schools um, because they do have a scholarship that, you know, students who are who have a family member or have an account with that, like it's a credit union. So with that credit union, um, they're eligible to receive this scholarship. And so mm-hmm. they were thinking of ways like the Center for Tomorrow Leaders to be able to partner and reach more students um, to do you know, for higher education. So awesome. I particularly love the Center for Tomorrow's Leaders. Um, I've, I was never involved with it. Uh, I'm not sure. How long has it been in public schools?
1: Uh, oh, let's see. I would say the past six or seven years. Oh. So right, right when I started, um, they were around for about a couple of years. They, they've been around much longer as a fellowship program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the schools program, yeah, it's. Uh, I would say the past seven years. I,
0: uh, so I think that may be the time when I started college, I think mm. it twenty like 2013. Okay. So I graduated in 2011. So that's way past the whole time period. Wow. I haven't really <laughs> reflected on on how long that's been, but I I do know the importance of what leadership can teach you. Yes. Um. I personally haven't been part of any leadership positions in high school. Um, it was like in JROTC where I learned leadership skills and yeah. I've learned just in that program itself how important it is. So yeah, it kind of just puts you out there. And I know having the resources and the mentorship is really important. So Absolutely. I'm glad the, the Center for Tomorrow's Leaders is doing that in public schools, especially. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, and it's just and the love for Hawaii, Like we, we want to oh, be yeah. able to have students see a future for themselves here. Um, in their home. And because, you know, like people talk about the brain drain and students mm-hmm. leaving and going off to college on the mainland, which is good, um, but come back, right? Come back and contribute. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so that's why they're tackling all the different things that adults, that we professionals are now like, you know, we're faced with like affordable housing. Can we find yeah. that and mm-hmm. all that, all that gnarly stuff.
0: Yeah, being an adult is a challenge. <laughs> yes. It's, it's such a challenge. Um, but okay, so going on to the point of millennials. So mm-hmm. are you, you're considered a millennial, correct? You know, I think, yes, or definitely. Borderline. I think I've, I've oh.
1: identified myself as a millennial. Yeah, okay. On the, maybe on the older end.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually talked, um, I'm not sure if you know who Kathy Sar is. No, I don't. I'm not sure I'm if you've met, met her. Uh, she um, she works at uh, Hawaiian Telecom and um, I know her through Yelp. We used to work together. She was the um, marketing person for yelp Boy back um a few years ago and she's like in the foodie scene and she she i interviewed her as an elder millennial um a few episodes ago <laughs> elder and we,
1: millennial i love it <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah so we talked talked about the generation difference because there we're i think we're a bit we're more than 10 years apart oh wait no that's not true i think she might you be and i or kathy and you kathy and i ah. she's like i think she's eight or nine years old, older than i am i'm not 100% sure. As you're interacting with these students, they must be Gen Z. Oh, definitely Gen Z. How much of a difference do they have in terms of understanding technology and interacting mm. and interpersonal communication?
1: Oh, yeah. Those are great questions and things that we you know, look into all the time. Um, and I think, I mean, in, in my observations and working with students, right, and some of the, the stories that they share with me in regards to growing up as a Gen Z-er. <laughs> I think um, I think one of the differences that I've seen is they um, are so in tune with the world globally, um, more so than maybe you and I, um, you know, were in tune with the world when we were growing up uh-huh. um, just because they have like access to so many sources and they're just on. I mean, even more so during the pandemic, they're online all the time
0: uh-huh. and.
1: Uh, so technology-wise, I think, yeah, I think, you know, they grew up with iPhones and they grew up with like uh, TikTok and Instagram and, you know, all that stuff that I didn't have. Um, yes. I think I got my first phone when I was in college. <laughs> yes, um, me yeah. too.
0: Yeah. my Well, my first smartphone, I did uh, maybe in high school and maybe in, in my last year, senior year, I had a, just one of those like flip phones. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that just allowed me to call people, call and to text people. But it wasn't (laughs) until high school where I got my first like iPhone smartphone. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I
1: think I think they just so I feel like, yeah, I feel like they maybe are overwhelmed with everything that's going on or maybe they're struggling with how to navigate uh, with um, everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. So they may be in tune, but maybe they're confused and they're Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. And so but yeah, it's the Internet's kind of really scary. It could be scary, it could be amazing, incredible, yes. you know, but it could also be scary um as far as you know what they're accessing or well, who's accessing them right mm
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, side note, I just heard your dog oh yes, okay, so he is hungry for attention <laughs> there's oh, pono, oh my goodness, Hello,
1: pono I um, oh my gosh, our dog's name's pono too, wait, no way, yes, oh my he's goodness, a, he's we have a much older dog a but... pono pono dog. <laughs> <face>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I found this only two. Um, and it was, uh, I just adopted him in September. Mm-hmm. So, just maybe a few months ago, I checked off one of the things that you do during pandemic.
0: Yeah, uh, get a dog. Totally. An I always wanted a dog, though. Yeah, I feel like
1: it's a calling <laughs>
0: to be able to
1: <laughs> take care of animals and take care of dogs. Um, yes.
0: Yeah. That's so cute. Okay, sorry, uh, sidetracked. So, <laughs> have you guys been doing the program throughout the pandemic too?
1: Yeah, we um, virtually. We have, yep, we're, we're in the, the world of uh, Zoom University mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, remote learning is a, is a thing. <laughs> and we, we pivoted just like uh, other organizations and we moved all of our classroom uh, visits to be online, actually not Zoom, it's more so like, you know, WebEx and Google Classrooms that the schools are using, connecting with students weekly
0: still. Okay, so I know you work a lot with the youth, Mm-hmm. So, um, before I interview people, I always do like a little bit of research on like what they do and what they've been involved with. So Chen oh, ha- what have you dug up? <laughs> how far back did you go i'm just kidding (laughs) i I think it was 11 years um so i had seen because i just googled your name really and then your vimeo came up i was like oh yeah that's right you're also involved with like hip so i was looking for maybe you had done some videos Hmm. recently and then i clicked on your vimeo link and then i watched a video or i kind of scrubbed through on your documentary to is is it i'm gonna say this incorrectly Phnom Penh in Cambodia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
0: What a flashback. Yes.
1: Uh, Working with the Tiny Tunes youth over there, the Cambodia in Cambodia. Yeah. Phnom Penh.
0: How did you hear about Tiny Tunes and like how did you get to be a part of that program? and volunteer in Cambodia
1: okay yeah let's take a stroll down memory lane here oh sorry Pono um Pono I'm really sorry he's gonna be whiny because (laughs) I fed him all the treats and have any more treats and he hasn't discovered this yet but he has dinner right around the corner in his food bowl but he doesn't want to eat it sorry Pono Does he like to be held and cuddled and stuff? He does, but at this hour, because he sleeps all day, he's just super energetic. So if I were Mm -hmm. to try to hold him in my lap, he would be jumping on my table.
0: Everywhere, yeah. Yeah,
1: and just try to eat everything. (laughs) So hopefully he doesn't get too... Nuts (laughs) nuts oh, <laughs> cuz oh, no. i don't have any more snacks for him oh. um yeah but yeah so um how did i come across that opportunity um well at the time i was living in los angeles and um i was actually teaching photography in different high schools there and doing the wedding photography thing with my business and that summer i uh, Actually, it was like the first summer that I didn't book anything. Like there weren't any gigs coming my way. And, you know, with the photography stuff with the schools, it was summer break. And I was like, oh gosh, what am I gonna do that? You know, uh, I really wanna do something different and new and fun. And uh, my friend, Lisa, uh, she was the executive director at the Tiny Tunes Center in Cambodia. And she's like, you know, you should totally think about coming here and spending your summer here. And you could offer your uh, photography class, you could teach here. And I was so down for that idea. Uh, I'd never thought of going to Cambodia, but I, you know, it was an opportunity that was just clear as day. Like I couldn't miss it. I couldn't pass it up. So that's how it came across. And, you know, then I connected with a lot of dope people um, and learned more about that, you know, the organization's mission. And uh, I just really fell in love with the, the work that they were doing with youth, you know,
0: Um, So you watched that video then? Yes. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yes. It was was interesting because I never, I didn't know that there were programs. Well, I know that there are programs like, you know, the Peace Corps, where they go to different countries and help them try to sustain the life that they have there and develop programs there. But I didn't know that there were programs. Tiny Tunes that, mm-hmm. you know, you start here, and then you end up going there and kind of do this program with the youth specifically. Um, so I thought that was interesting. So I wanted to ask, what is it about the youth? What is it about the youth that you gravitate towards to be able to help them express themselves create creatively?
1: Mm, yeah, I hear you. I think I've just always, you know, the Tiny Tunes definitely was one of the big moments in my life, you know, um, spending time over there that like awoken that desire to teach and to uh, work with youth Um, but prior to that when I was teaching in Los Angeles I have always thought you know I I always track it back to my experience in high school um, when I first discovered photography and I just know that when students can learn like what it is about themselves Uh, themselves and and the story they want to share they may not know that there's a story yet they want to share right Mm -hmm. but I think um, photography is just like an amazing tool to be able to express yourself creatively Um, you may not like drawing or you may not like um, painting or anything Mm -hmm. like that because I don't know but but with photography it's just like you pick up a camera and you um, you could illustrate so much in one image Um, and so I really gravitated towards photography in that way and I think working with youth there's like you know there's a struggle with wanting to communicate or knowing what to communicate Mm -hmm. and so I think if you start with just looking and observing around your space like observe I mean I bet you kids are observing now that they're home all the time
0: yes
1: (laughs) they're like I've been in this house in this room like forever and um but yeah just like just starting to notice the details around you um and yeah, I think it's also great Like, if you're super shy mm-hmm. and uh, photography can speak volumes. And so it's just like a, like a powerful tool to really um, help you figure out what that is and what it is you're trying to say.
0: I love it. Is that what also gravitated you toward photography?
1: Yeah, I think so. I just, gosh, how did I get into photography? So in high school, I was like in yearbook mm-hmm. and um, we had a dark room and oh,
0: I, nice.
1: uh, I was like actually part of a punk rock band and no way. Uh, part of the 808 scene here. Um, and so I was the drummer and what? I would go to all these shows. And I just started uh, with my friend uh, at that time. Her name is Jessica. She got me into film photography. Jenny, and... that's so dope. <laughs> yeah. So I just started taking my, my, my camera with me on shows and just everywhere and shooting. And um, it's pretty cool. Like I still have some of those photographs that, mm-hmm. um, uh, of me you know, at different shows and, and playing. And that's how I got into it. And I just like, you know, because actually music was my life in high school, I thought it was going to be my future too, like just forever um, with me. And awesome. Um, and then I discovered photography. And so that's, you know, that's how I got into it in college, I studied journalism, and um, was like a photo editor for uh, the newspaper and intern for this uh, magazine in lost in Hollywood, and went to a bunch of shows and photograph the crump scene at the when crump big wow. at the time and just yeah, there's just like a whole archive of things that I should really pull that up. That would be yeah like, really
0: fun to look that at That must have um, been a, a time to also live through. Yeah, totally. Um and the, so the scene in Hollywood must be amazing. Yeah, especially I going to that. shows. I remember back in shows. a few years ago, just here in Hawaii alone, just mm-hmm. going to—is um, it Downbeat? Going to Downbeat and seeing all those small shows there, mm-hmm. and um, what's what's the one next to it? Manifest, right? And then going to Hawaiian Brian's—that small <laughs> sh- little space in the the side, right when you enter. Mm-hmm. I miss those days.
1: Yeah, I I can't believe those days are literally like a memory because yes. <laughs> I, I think that's one of, the mo- one of the things that I really miss are live shows, live yeah. music, and uh, just that, yeah, I just
0: love being in, in a crowd, and you just feel them vibing, and it's just so good, um, yeah. Yes, it's, it's something about the live music that just blows through you and just gives you energy. Totally. I, I absolutely love, like, really big shows at The Republic. Uh, I would always go to shows that to bands that I really love. And I would always try to like rush into the front to get into like the front row. <laughs> and I remember it was, I think it was all time low. I didn't get in the very center or, um, or I was near the speakers and you know, the, the speakers are so loud. I always tell myself to also wear like earplugs too. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's something about just the music, the bass, just, Coming through you and beating your heart for you is mm-hmm. is so invigorating. <laughs> yeah.
1: Gosh, I missed that.
0: I did oh my, my uh,
1: I did a, or not did, but I watched my first virtual concert, you know, like where you buy the online ticket and then yes. they perform uh, like a pre recorded show. But it was so good. Like I, uh, even though, I mean, obviously it's not the same. You're at mm-hmm. home and you're watching it on a screen, but I was just so like i was just like oh my gosh like i love this band i'm like i love this music and it's i just wish this could be you know in real life but yeah who was the band um it was jimmy Eat world oh yeah they were doing uh, they played the entire entirety of their clarity album mm-hmm. um which is something that i really loved growing up in high school uh, that was a the jam <laughs> not the jam but it's an album that, <laughs> one of the many albums that was that i was listening to back then
0: oh my gosh of of all the things that I did find, I I did not know that that I that's cool, Jen May. <laughs> I also I I think it was on the CTL website. Um, mm-hmm. there was also like a Q and A with for you. Um, mm-hmm. and it did mention that you've lived in all of these different places because your dad was in the military. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I also didn't know. So living in all of these different places, living I kind of around the world almost. Mm-hmm. How what did that teach you about kind of about yourself and about other people? Because I know even here in in Hawaii, um, there are different programs like for the military kids um, who are coming from, who are getting stationed here and helping them kind of assimilate to the school and get to know kids. So how did that, how did moving around learn, teach you about yourself and teach you about other
1: kids? Yeah, you know, uh, the actualization of me um, moving around and, and what kind of, like, how did that affect me? Didn't really hit me until like, late middle school, high school, when I moved here into Honolulu, I was a freshman in the middle of my freshman year, uh, from San Antonio, Texas. And um, I think, to answer your question of how did it, how did it affect me? Or what? No, what did I learn?
0: Yes, about uh, yourself and other people? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what I learned about myself is that actually, I can meet people very easily, because, you know, you're, you have to make new friends everywhere you go. Um, every new place. And so I, I learned how to just kind of, um, yeah, like meet people and not be afraid of that. Um, even though I was a pretty shy student, I was also pretty bold in other ways. And I think that helped me is that moving around, I've been to so many different places and met different kinds of people that, yeah, that diversity was a good thing too. What I learned is that I'm so glad that I just, you know, have, am used to being around all kinds of different people and um, and being aware of that, I'll have to dig
0: more into that, but yeah, I love it because you're just exposed to different environments too, and different cultures really. Cause, cause I think one of the places I said was Italy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
1: I was, I was really young back then. Both my sisters actually were born in Italy, but oh, I was nice. like in kindergarten, first grade and yeah, like, I think more so like my parents would remember mm-hmm. and, but my, my dad was into like filmmaking um, oh, during the Italy years. And he had one nice. of those huge video tape recorders.
0: Frank? <laughs>
1: no, nah, the ones oh. like you sit on your shoulder just because it's so bulky and heavy. And oh, you just yes. like, press, like you put the v- VHS, VHS tape inside mm-hmm. and you literally record onto the tape. Yeah, he had one of those. And so I could just like relive the Italy times through <laughs> these really cool videos and montages that he put together. Yeah, I started digitizing those for my family. Um, oh, just I- because nice. Because the tapes, they tend to mold.
0: Um, oh. so we did really take
1: good care of it after all the moves yeah and we have like a closet full of just like these VHS, vhs tapes um and now they're molding um so yeah i've started to digitize and and try to save what what's left but now like you know now my laptop doesn't play dvds so i'm like how do i like watch this i gotta get a dvd player <laughs> I'm like, yeah
0: yeah i can't wait to see those if you ever plan to putting them on the internet get yeah to see I little want gen to. May in, in italy yeah totally <laughs> yeah I should pull and, that up tonight yes hello I, I love yeah. looking back at old photos especially travel photos because I just love to just look at them and then remember like what it was like to just be so hair free in that <laughs> moment where you didn't have to worry about the current things you're worrying about now
1: oh yeah we didn't know we had a good back then
0: <laughs> that must have been so much fun though
1: yeah yeah I mean if I had to do it again kind of thing like I think you know there's some sadness to it and I, I wonder like oh gosh what life would have been like if I'd stayed in one place mm-hmm. but then again you know like I it's just I feel like I have a rich past of like different ties to places mm-hmm. and then growing up in different uh with different types of or with different friends you know mm-hmm. like it's just yeah
0: yeah I, I love that your dad is also into the whole video film thing so yeah. is that how you also got into the film aspect because I know oh, you also right. do photography mm-hmm. right and then yeah um it, is it, is that where you got your documenting inspiration from?
1: You know, I think so. Um, so in high school, uh, you know, I went to Monolo High School and um, my family lived in this, like on AMR is what it's called mm-hmm. on Red Hill. Um, and the neighborhood kids um, were super tight, super close. Uh, Cause like, we all just lived in this one cul-de-sac and at after school hours, we'd all just kind of go outside and we would play. and Cause you know, like we didn't have social media yes, back then. Yes. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I was like, gosh, I want to make a movie. Uh, I, you know, and I want to make a music video. I like, I, I think I made a Spice Girls music video. Spice Girls was huge at that time. Yeah. Um, and one of my first movies that I ever made uh, was a horror movie.
0: <laughs> um, I love it.
1: And I used my dad's old camera. Oh yes. my gosh, Gus, I wonder if I could find those clips. What I what where they are.
0: <laughs> what was the storyline of this horror film? Yeah, gosh, what can I remember? I
1: just remember <laughs> that it was so like do-it-yourself. Like I had like this keyboard, like a music keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would play like the, <laughs> um, the included, like, like just play some like horror, scary sounding like music. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'd be doing that while I was holding my camera. And I would like tell someone to, I think it was like a hospital. Like we pretended we were in a, this like haunted hospital. And there were like it's just scary stuff happening and maybe a deadly disease. <laughs> and like, yeah. Zombies. I'm sure it was like there were zombies. I was just like, I have this obsession with zombies. Oh, um.
0: I love it. <laughs> yeah. I had an obsession of mummies when I was younger. Oh. I absolutely I don't know, loved I said, all of those. Like, <laughs> endearing. Oh, that's so cute. Mummies. Like, I don't know where that all <laughs> <"Aw"> came from. <laughs> I absolutely just, I loved watching The Mummy and The Mummy Returns and that whole trilogy and just watching that over and over again. It's one of my most watched movies, I think, Uh in addition to Greece and all the Harry Potter films. But (laughs) that's that's everyone, right? Harry Potter. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Every other weekend, I have a marathon with just myself. Yeah, well, I mean, Harry
1: Potter is just one of those movies, like, it's just nice to just have playing in the background.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost kind of like you're their friends because you grow up with them, really, Mm -hmm. and the whole past- decade <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> okay <laughs> let's get into the photography videography aspect of mm. of what you do May. so how have you been doing on your photography side like have you gotten have yeah. you done a lot of gigs in the last I you know, know some people it's, have it's done a few up, yeah
1: but you're right um i so 2020 was a year we know this uh, but it was, it's actually 2020 was the first year that in the last 15 years um, that I didn't book a wedding. Um, and all of my other shoots were canceled. Um, and, but yeah, so this just this month, last month, I started picking up shoots again. Um, but thankfully, I had already shifted my business model. Um, so, yet, like 90% of my work was weddings um, and portraiture and mm-hmm. things like that. But my business model, I've shifted, shifted it to serve nonprofits. Um and to do more like documentary work um in the community. Oh nice. Um and so uh my focus was on that. And um yeah, so I, I still had work. Through 2020, you know, shooting for Center for Tomorrow's Leaders. I did some work for like Melly Murals and mm-hmm. for the Bye Bye. And so just, yeah, just kind of staying connected and still
0: safely shooting. That's, it's... That's really great. So you've, do- you've been doing this for 15 years. So I'm back in 2005. Yeah, totally. 15 wow. years.
1: Yeah, this month actually marks like the 15th anniversary of my business. And it's just gnarly to think how like just time flies, Relin. And yeah. we know this, but it's just,
0: it's crazy. Time so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's sick. I did not know, or no one could have anticipated living through a living in a pandemic. Right. <laughs> yeah. So back in back in the day when you first started, when you like, what was your thought or what was happening when you realized I could like I could make this my business? So the thing that yeah. you were doing so much, your your hobby. When did you realize you could make it a business, and why did you make it? A
1: business? So in college, I, it was my graduation year. And I was like, okay, well, what do I got what am I gonna to do? And at that time I, you know, it was the recession. So it was really, we were hearing all these things about like, it's gonna be really hard to find a job, um, especially if you wanna be a journalist and mm-hmm. like journalism is dying and mm-hmm. print is dying and all this kind of things. And so I was just putting it out there as far as like, does anyone know about their, like any jobs that are, any job openings and things like that. And like, so random, one of my friends was like, oh, my wedding photographer, Um, he's actually looking for a photography assistant. And I was just like, in my mind, I was like wedding photography, like lame. (laughs) Like I am an artist. I am a journalist. I, you know, like I would never shoot weddings, like, you know, but you know, actually really what I've learned about myself, going back to that question of like moving around and everything I've learned to just like, when an opportunity arises, I will explore that opportunity. Um, and I'll do it. You know, I'll give it a try, um, especially if it's something that like I think would be good for me and would be fun. And so I was like, what the heck? Yeah, let's let's apply to be a wedding photographer and let's see where this goes. And so I I also like started like my my business. I didn't start my business. then, no. So I was working for him uh, for it was called Epic Imagery. They're still around. Um, I still keep in touch with them. And, um, you know, after shooting with him, I realized, like, his style was actually documentary, so it wasn't, like, the type of wedding photography that I thought would be, like, you know, like, you would think of, but especially back in the early 2000s, like, uh-huh. people were, like, it was, you know, pose photography, and um, just, <laughs> you know, like, just, like, these straightforward, boring type of images that I was just, like, that doesn't really, like, Speak to me, <laughs> it doesn't really like you know that's not my style, um but his style was like journalistic and in the sense that it was like you had like a lot of those felt like you know those real moments he captured, like he wasn't setting anything up um mm-hmm. there you know you did have like those family photos that people want um and should have um but for the most part, a lot of it as I was a second shooter, which you know I totally recommend if you're into photography, especially if you want to do wedding photography, second shoot because it's like you don't have like the main wheel you're not like driving the car yes you don't have to like pay attention to like oh my gosh I need to be here at this time and I need to do this and we need to get this (laughs) shot and this stuff but as the second photographer you're like you're like getting everything in between and you're like hanging back and you're floating and you get to Uh like you're not giving people directions you're not Uh like you know the face of it so it's kind of nice you kind of like step back and do that so I fell in love with that type of photography, and I thought, not necessarily wanted to be like a wedding photographer, but I was like, just I just want to be able to like work with people and um, be around people and be at like these awesome, like intimate events. And um, you know, and in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is huge. Mm -hmm. And with like photography, I was able to like be like in the scene, like do all kinds of things with photography, Um, like, you know, I I mentioned like, is it the crump scene (laughs) and like, just exploring that, but like, but yeah, so it it clicked. Uh, I think I was 22 years old um, and I was like a year into shooting with him uh, with the studio. And I thought to myself, you know, I think I could do this for a living. So I started Gen May Photography, uh, built my website. I threw up like my portfolio on the web and I started booking clients. Uh, just because I met so many different people. I wasn't like taking clients away from epic imagery or anything like that. I had like, you know, my own people, my own circle. Um, and I stepped away from epic imagery and they, they, I think they said they knew it was coming because like, um, I think they could just see like my passion for photography and my love uh, for that. And I just had that young, youthful, entrepreneurial spirit. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's like start a business. <laughs> and like 15 years later, here I am. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I've been doing this for a while. And it's just evolved and it's grown up with me and moved to different places. Yeah.
0: So the, that's the how I got into is it. all history. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Are you able to see the difference in style?
1: Yeah, as far as like, there's definitely, there are definitely styles of photography out there. Um, and you could see it like when you talk to brides and they're trying to like compare like which photographer to go with. Mm-hmm. And you know, and sometimes it's like driven by like the price, right? Like how much does this photographer cost? But a lot of the times it's also, I mean, and it should be driven by like what kind of images do you want to have? um, And what kind of photographer do you want to work with? Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, there's the modern style, like just very clean and minimalist and um, it's very bright, you know, in the images or like there's the moody photographer, like everything is just dark and romantic and like just, (laughs) you know, sexy and, you know, just that kind of like style. Then there's, you know, the documentary style that's more, you know, like, it just seems like you're seeing like the story unfold before you in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And back then, when I say back then, like back when I started photography, what photography, uh, it used to be described as like, oh, no, you know, you would have like some black and white images, and you would have sepia or sepia. And, you know, I don't see that. That's not the game anymore. Um, (laughs) You know, everything is just like nice and clean. And uh, because it's timeless, right? You want to have timeless photographs even when you're grandma age and looking back at your photos you don't want I, I don't hope you wouldn't want to see sepia photos and <laughs> all that kind of thing um or like just like all those filters mm-hmm. that people are applying in Lightroom and in their editing process but yeah I for me I'm driven I mean I really like just clean imagery and like storytelling like imagery mm-hmm. um that are just very like by storytelling I think I'm looking for images that just kind of tug at your heart you know like um, like you capture captured the moment uh, yes. and by the moment I'm not talking about like the kiss yes I'm talking about like the 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 things that um, you know like holding grandma's hands mm-hmm. and she's tearing up because you know mm-hmm. she's seeing you in your dress or like mm-hmm. the brother hugging his you know the groom and you know saying congratulations and mm-hmm. you know those those kinds of moments and I yes. I, I was sort of like that creeper photographer who just lurk in
0: the room looking for those
1: those (laughs) moments but you know a lot of times I just happen to be at the right place at the right time
0: yeah yeah they would just appear yeah as someone who has experience in wedding photography what do you think about all the photos that come up on Instagram where there are couples who you know I think from my perspective like the kind of photos that they take just how do I say this Like, you can tell that they're in love. Mm. You know, Mm. I don't know what it is. Mm.
1: So, you're asking, like, how do you, how do I, like, or what do I think about them, those photographs? Yeah. 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 I think, you know, um, Mm. let me think about this. (laughs) In the sense, photography, wedding photography is a business, right? And so, there are certain kinds of images that clients are looking for. And you almost have to kind of, especially if it's not like the wedding day, like if it's just like these are engagement photos Um, and it's every photographer's goal to make beautiful photos of of them in love. Right. Um, But what if like that couple's having a bad day or like they were late and, you know, the flowers that come out as like they wanted to or whatever. Um, I guess what I'm trying yes. to say.
0: Oh, oh, oh I, I know. I just want to bet you like it's okay. He's
1: just like crying over here. Um, he's like, gosh, you're just so, like, what are you doing? Pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you know, photo photos of people in love. It's just, it's nice, you know. It's just nice to see, um, and how, it's a, you know, it's like, how do I recreate that? And like, that's what I love about like, documentary style is like, hey, let's just be you. You know, like you guys are getting married for a reason, and let's just like just pretend you're on a date and I yeah, i happen to be third wheel in here with the camera <laughs> um but yeah, let's just let me just spend some time with you guys and you know like let's do romantic things, <laughs> let's walk on the beach at sunset <laughs> and um hold hands and that kind oh, of yeah, that,
0: thing that must be a little awkward, oh yeah, for sure, you but i used I to make, yeah I make. Yeah, I f-
1: I find some fun ways to be <laughs> break the awkwardness, you know, and just like I I like to play the the third wheeler, you know, just play that card. Yeah. But um I don't know if that answered your question, I think. I think gosh, it's been a while for me like since the last wedding I shot and I had to like put myself in that mindset. I mean, Raylan and I've shot like hundreds of weddings. Um and it's weird that I, I just feel like, wow, that was so long ago when yeah. I used to do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did your interest in videography be the reason for why you started volunteering with HIF. Because you play a bigger role in with HIF now, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm their education and programming coordinator. So I help um, steer like the initiatives with the, the education. Um, so we do a lot of different things at HIF um, in schools. Um, with bringing filmmakers to the classrooms with bringing students to well no longer, but we hope we could bring them back to the theaters like we did some online screenings this year, everything pivoted, and everything went online um see pono's trying to get on my desk. There's nothing in here. I'm sorry, pono, there's no food left uh, <laughs> uh to the listeners of podcast Land listening to this i be super like in my lap and just to, like uh-huh. jump onto this onto my desk anyways um, yeah, so. I started volunteering for HIF when I first moved back to Hawaii. I just wanted to uh, volunteer and meet people. And um, I love films. I love like watching movies. And I saw that opportunity come up. I just, I think I just did like a Google search, like mm-hmm. volunteering Honolulu. Um, and HIF popped up and I started doing that. Um, and then every year I would just volunteer for all their things and getting to know them. And then, you know, I was, ooh, oh. What? My uh, <laughs> Pono was trying to jump over here. No Pono. Um, oh, no. okay Yeah. And and then I just yeah, they they asked me, they're like, Oh, you should totally like um apply and we need help here and you should, you know, see if it's something that you'd like. So I started working um like by contract uh, and just seasonally doing things. Um so I kinda kinda did like all the all the things that are involved in the festival. I was mm-hmm. uh, you know, um I started like as a guest coordinator. And so I would like figure out like all the different rides for VIPs and delegates who are coming to Honolulu. Um, like I, I think I would, I would like dr- literally drive the cars and pick them up and I picked up like Aquafina and like all these different, Oh my gosh. You know, Harry Shroom jr. And like just different celebrities and um, keeping my cool. Like, okay, Aquafina's yeah, in the car. And I'm just like, you know, I can't <laughs> ask her for a selfie or anything like that. Keep it cool, you know? And actually she was, she was pretty cool um, because she she said she used to do shows in Chinatown and like only ten people would show up and like no one really yeah. knew her and so she remembered those days and now she's just like big time right like right. she's just coming just, up in all these new things I
0: I love Aquafina yeah. I yeah. I I've loved her since my badge gosh
1: <laughs> yeah, those <she's> days
0: still,
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's how I got involved with HIF, And then it was pretty cool that um, when I learned about their education program, cause like mm-hmm. I have like this passion for working with youth and, and mm-hmm. education, I thought, gosh, like I would really love to do that. Um, and so it's super fun. Yeah. That kind of just yeah.
0: merges all of the things that you love. And I love yeah, how that all comes full circle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super fortunate in that way.
1: And I, yeah, I just like, this is just so cool. I'm doing all the things that I love and I have the capacity to do all these, wear these Mm -hmm. different hats um, Mm -hmm. despite like, you know, like the pandemic. So yes, grateful for that.
0: Yeah. So as someone who freelances Mm -hmm. um, and does photography and volunteers and healthy youth, what advice do you have for anyone kind of in the same boat where they want to start their own business, they're creative and they want to get involved in their community? What advice do you have for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like,
1: you know, just do it, like take that risk, you know, because it's life, I always say this, and I always think about this, like there's, we only have so much time on earth, right? <laughs> I didn't mean to go like that, you know, that, that direction so quickly uh, or not quickly, but go that direction at all. But I That's think, true. you know, you should really think about, like if you have those interests and you really want to start a business and, or like just see where your creative path takes you like take that risk because the worst thing that could happen right you hear it all the time is that it doesn't work out and oh well then you do something else right but at least you tried it and you did it and like and hey if it does work out like wow like look where where you are now because you took that jump um and what's important too i think you know that i mean that was obvious right but like seek out mentors and connect with people and ask questions like actually some of the most like creative people in my life either I sought them out or they sought me out like, um, you know, in recent times, like just on Instagram, be like, Hey, your work is really cool and I really want to get to know you and pick your brain and not necessarily pick your brain, but you know, like, can we like go get coffee and let's just talk story, but not, or like just like hop on a call and, um, yeah. And build community with those people, surround yourself with creative people because you are what you eat or in the sense you are with who you surround yourself with. Like, what are you, um, You are what What you you,
0: consume.
1: What you consume. Like, what are you consuming, right? Like, who are you following on Instagram? Who are you following in real life, right? Like, it's just, if you surround yourself with creative people and the people who you aspire to be, you know, like, you're just all going to be on that train together. And so I totally encourage you to just do it. And, like, if you don't know how to do it, like, talk to people who've done it. um, Ask them how they did it and figure it out. But yeah it's just it's exciting and just yeah just live it right yeah like I I think it's so cool Raylan, that you're doing this podcast and um I just yeah I I love that you're connecting with people because that's like one of the things that you're so good at you know like I would just remember you'd come you know the first Friday remember first Fridays come over to the Chinatown Lofts and just like you were just like you were the hype person like you're so good at hyping people um. And like, yeah, I'm just so glad that you're in my circle, right? Like, you're in my periphery, and like, you're you know, you're holding this platform for Honolulu creatives that people have ties to Hawaii. I think it's dope. Oh, really? I think you're on mute.
0: Oh, oh
1: gosh, <laughs> it's all good. It always has moments. to happen. You have to have it at least happen once on Zoom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but thank you so much, Jenmei. I remember all of those first Fridays. I genuinely like just I enjoyed them so much because that's also when bands would show up too. Yeah. And the whole first Friday Chinatown Lofts was a game changer for me because it's it, like people are just doing all of these things in this small space mm-hmm. and I remember seeing your um your apartment and then seeing meeting Lala and mm-hmm. hey I don't even remember what that guy's name but he was running a whole puppet show and it was about <laughs> humans That's I remember sweet. it was like humans were going through this grinder it was like oh a whole Sweeney Todd kind of feel yeah, my but, neighbor
1: Nick yeah
0: yes it Back was I loved now. it <laughs> I loved it and the puppets were so well done and just the production was like wow mm-hmm.
1: like
0: it, it was I mean it's like dark feeling like a, <laughs> yeah but it, it was like feeling like a little kid being super excited about watching something in happening but then it was like humor and I could mm-hmm. understand it as as an I guess I'm an adult yeah as an <laughs> adult you know it was fun I loved it, it I miss fun. I miss those days mm-hmm. yeah I miss them too
1: yeah. Thanks I was thinking so much, about like, Jen gosh, Wong. what would Jin life May. be like if I was
0: <laughs> Jen,
1: that's the first? <laughs> it's because <all
0: good. laughs> well, the only other person I say their first and last name is Jen Wong. Yeah. And you were the only other Jen that mm. I say a second part to yes. Jen May. And there is, oh gosh, I'm sorry. All good. No <laughs>
1: worries. <laughs> <my favorite> <laughs>
0: oh gosh all good
1: yeah. but yeah I I miss it okay such good times
0: one last thing tell me how much you love clubhouse
1: oh my gosh I am totally sold like yeah I am I'm I'm a little obsessed with it actually I've only been on it for two days three days actually me as well Uh, today's the first day I didn't go on it but you know what I'm going on it right after this talk yeah um yeah it's so (laughs) good like I didn't really know what it was about and then my coworker who invited me to it uh she's like gosh you totally like clubhouse like and like just the idea I think it was totally the future with social yes. media um but it's also nostalgic in the way because it reminds me of all the aim chats that I used to have back in the day yeah. you know where you just drop into a chat room and you just talk to the people listen yes
0: yeah Letting but I just in a different format
1: but you're hearing their voice and it's just like Everything is just so instantaneous. Like you yes, you can get feedback right away. You could be talking to someone across the globe and it's or you know, or in your own neighborhood who you know, but now you know them because you connected on Clubhouse. That's different than connecting on Instagram or anything else. It's amazing.
0: And I, I love it too because it's everyone's on it, you know, and it's these conversations that you're not you're not limited to. Like you can access any conversation that's happening that has um that has Joe Rogan in it who have that have Elon Musk and right. CEOs and people who own businesses and people who have like billions of followers and people who can give you the advice and the, the knowledge that you've just been wanting to but didn't have the access to or didn't have the connection to and mm-hmm. I I just absolutely love it like just being in the room listening to them talk is the game changer for me so and good. I and I, I also love that there are different topics mm-hmm. and you can join them instantaneously. It, it's, yes, it is like AIM and chat rooms, but they're yeah. literally
1: chat rooms. Exactly. But I also love that you could drop you could drop into um, like open mic scenes where people are singing or they're like sharing poetry yes. or like theatrical rooms or a comedy club. Yes. Like it's just, it really does reproduce that that euphoria of just kind of like, oh my gosh, like I feel like, I'm, I know I'm still in my bed with my headphones on, but I feel like I'm in this room with all these people and I could just like drop in quietly and listen to their conversation or just like yes. raise my hand and be invited on stage and yes. say something. I haven't done that yet. Um, but I've just, yeah, I love it. I'm a big fan and I can't wait until it opens up to more people to join. Yes. Um, gosh, I was I was on it the other day for hours, Raylan, just in one room. <laughs> in the, Me um, last night. Yeah. I was, <laughs> you got are you part of the Be Water uh, friend um, group? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. It started by one of the, it started by Jason Lee, who's founder of Jubilee. Um, mm. And they we were just in this, the room he started was just all about like the, you know, the anti-hate. And the things that are happening around the Asian American community yes. um, and calling for allies and just having a space to like talk about like for one how you feel yeah and then two like what can you do about it you know and like you know just this for each other and like all these different things that you're seeing or maybe not yet seeing like I feel like it's just being circulated in the Asian mm-hmm. communities um but now more so like you know AC News and mm-hmm. other and you know people are picking it up um but it's still you gotta you gotta keep talking about it and like it's just crazy right like I just feel like wow I feel like I'm part of this conversation. You know, it's mm-hmm. crazy too, is that I was feeling just like that. Like you, you you've been hearing like all the news about um, what's going on, uh, particularly like in the Bay area um, with like the Asian American elders yeah. who are just like, it'd horrible mm-hmm. hate, you know, crime scenes. And it's just, but yeah, so I was feeling like just really bummed and just like, gosh, i like really angry about it. And I was on Clubhouse and I was like I wonder if there's anyone talking about it mm-hmm. and I couldn't find anything at first and then like suddenly this room popped up and I was like oh my gosh this is it like <laughs> there's a space where people are all talking about it and so yeah I just I think Clubhouse is a powerful tool mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just really you know excited to explore that and
0: Raylan, have you hosted a room on it this is what I was gonna ask you <laughs> So I'm, I'm actually thinking, um, I was listening to a conversation they were having today um, with Marcus in the Hawaii Club. And so Marcus is like the lawyer and he and Toby Tamai and um, some other people, people who, who kind of formed the Hawaii Club. And they were just giving some advice and tips um, and in Clubhouse and starting a room and encouraging people to start a room in the Hawaii Club um, and reaching out to them, reaching out to other people and to join and moderate. Um, and I was like, you know what? since I have, you know, the podcast, I was like, I could probably not only meet more people, but oh, I yeah. absolutely love the fact that you can, you can actually network with people. Yes. I had just asked someone um, like what they think would be the best thing for them to be able for anyone to meet new people to gain uh, a bigger network, like what they could do. And Clubhouse is a really good start because it's, it's not as intimidating. Um, as having a video on and doing a Zoom meeting, and as well as being in person, it's just you're you're just talking to them. Right. Um, and it's, I, I love that aspect of Clubhouse. But the this morning they were talking about encouraging people to start rooms and having this podcast. I was like, you could start a Honolulu millennial room and just invite people to just talk. You'd invite millennials. Um, people who are, you know, whatever they're doing, any if they need help, anybody who has advice for them, anybody who, you know, yeah works with yeah. them and what they think about do them. This. I don't know, anything. And I was like just intimidated by it because I was like, <laughs> yeah, I gotta moderate and stuff and introduce oh people. But I'm you like you could totally I can, do it. You yeah, like, like
1: you host this <laughs> podcast, you it's just seamless.
0: Yeah. So I was I was just like, okay, I should do this, but then I'm like, oh, I just gotta set a time. Yes. And I was like, Ooh, okay. I'm there, Raylan. I'm there. Just <laughs> ping me and
1: I'll jump right in. I'll okay. save it to my calendar.
0: Excellent. Yeah. I'm I can't, I'm glad because I was talking to Vina about it till she was like, do it, <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. So I'm okay.
1: And you um, can record too. Like you could like actually record. I was listening in on this session and they're like, oh actually I dropped in on the session created the the founders. Uh, the creators of Clubhouse started a room. Um, I don't know if you're in on that, but they started a room of like, here are some tips if you're a newbie on Clubhouse, here's what oh, you I can do. It. Yeah. Yeah. And like somebody in the audience had asked, are we allowed to record the conversations? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, you can. Like you could totally hook up, you know, uh, your podcast or I'm sorry, you hook up the audio, whatever your recording devices, but just let people know in the title and like remind them in the and room that recording. you're recording it. Mm-hmm. So it's totally like up your alley. Like you could do a whole episode from your, Honolulu millennial
0: clubhouse room. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm totally <laughs> gonna do this because I was in rooms where they were talking about like, oh, you can't screen record mm-hmm. um or else you'll get banned. Right. Um, but you can screenshot. And mm-hmm. I didn't I've and I was scrolling through, I was exploring all the different rooms that were open, and I saw that they had, you know, the red, the red emoji dot yes. and recording, and I was mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't enter them. I should have, I should. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like they're recording it. Like, I didn't know that I didn't know you could do that, but mm-hmm. I guess you can just record the audio. Yes, totally. Oh, you can,
1: as long as it's in your title, your room titles, people know, and that you're telling them just, you know, just so you guys know, we're recording this and like, it makes sense for you. Cause you have a podcast. Yes. So you could say, you yes. know, I'm recording this to air like an episode, uh, you know, here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, you know, whatever, um, yes. but I think you should totally do it.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I've, I've been in, I've been in some really good rooms too, where, um, I think it's the creative, um, that's adorable. Hold on. Okay. Hold
1: on. Hold on. <laughs> Yay. Did you get the pizza delivered?
0: Pizza. Oh, no.
1: He's oh. like, walk me. It's time for my walk. Oh, I- is it? No, no, it's not. Okay. It's not. Yeah, okay. pretty soon though, like around mm-hmm. 8 30 I gotta take him. But, oh, okay. I was like, Reilyn, yeah. you gotta start this clubhouse room. Okay, wait. So I have a question, real quick. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't mean to like break. Oh no, no, no thoughts. Um. So do you know? So we're. I'm a yeah. part of the Hawaii Club too. So anyone, if you're a member of a club, anyone could start a, a room. Correct. With that club name or something, or how does that work? Correct. Okay. Yeah.
0: So um, they did say if you are a member in that Hawaii Club, anybody in it. Um, you don't need to like ask anybody you can just start one yeah yeah and they were they were encouraging it too and they also said if you know anyone who um would be like a great would be great to join it then go ahead and invite people and they were really open about it right on yeah
1: do you know who started it did you happen to meet the
0: the Um, founders of the Hawaii club I don't want to say that they were the founders Uh um but I think people who were instrumental into it, um, kind of like the early adopters were um, Marcus. He's mm-hmm. like, um, I think his thing in it is like lawyer or Hawaii lawyer oh, or something. Okay. And then Toby my, I, I think you might be familiar with him. Um, and the other person who was in it, Shane. Hmm. I don't know their names, but oh, okay. it was just that one thing that I was in. And then there, they were talking about um, Senator Glenn Mackay is also oh. active on it, um, and okay. Radiance Cordero. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll have to, um, I haven't sat in on a Hawaii club meeting yet. Or oh, yeah. Not meeting.
0: What do we call them? Room. I haven't sat in a room yet. Yeah. <laughs> Super exciting. Okay. Yay. Whew. I didn't know about the recording thing, um, but I did notice it. So thank you for Holy, that. Totally. You're welcome. Um, and and I'm, now I'm thinking, I should just set a time out of the week to do it.
1: Yes, like put it on your um, bio, you know, so that people who like are looking at your profile be like, oh wow, cool! She runs a she runs a room on Friday nights or whatever.
0: Yes. Okay, I'm thinking about doing it on Tuesdays because I love Tuesdays. Okay. Oh. Yes. Favorite day. Kinda. It's not <laughs> Monday, but it's Tuesday. You know. <laughs> like, Tuesday. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a lot of like I feel like there's a lot of good deals on Tuesdays, or at least there used to be there's taco Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. I think at that time um the Flash mm-hmm. on the DC's the Flash on the CW new episodes came out on Tuesday. <laughs> oh interesting. Um, at that, I, I don't know if they still do it, but you used to get double mile points if you use your My Cut E card at <laughs> no Foodland. Way. Wait yes. what
1: I'm totally missing out on this double my Cut-E
0: points. <laughs> yeah so I I I just love Tuesdays. Well I don't love you know I like Tuesdays.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Do it. Tuesday nights. I'm okay. A millennial. Cool. I host. Hosted. By and then we can invite the people that we interviewed that. So there my, go. Also, yeah. my question is, do you think I should just put it in the Hawaii club or mm. should I? Because you, you can also open it. That's what I, oh, I should. That's a good question to ask. Yes. Right. You if could make a, a public one. public one be one for club members Mm -hmm. or you can open it up to anyone everyone Uh, yeah mm -hmm. but it could still fall under the hawaii club
1: i think yeah i think it would still show like in the heading and then like it would show Mm -hmm. in the room so they would see like hawaii club and then yeah i think that's how that works this is Um, so exciting mm -hmm. i really love clubhouse yeah gosh Raylan if you open it up to the public right to anyone Mm -hmm. to drop in you could like get some you know people who used to live in Hawaii but have mm. Hawaiian ties. Yes, that's a possibility, um, and that would probably be like it will help grow the Hawaii club as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's mm. so cool. Yeah, I'm totally going on Clubhouse right after this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go eat dinner first and yes. maybe listen into some other because there's some good talks in there that, and I just love because um, I there's some friends that are on there that I haven't talked to since college and. Mm. I know last night there were two of them in there. One was my friend and someone else I didn't know. But I was like, if there's only two of them, you know, I can just totally jump into the conversation and just say hello and make a new friend. And then more people started to come on. And then it ended up being a really big, much bigger group than anticipated. It didn't even have a title to the to the room. Oh, nice. No, so it was just the list of all of these people. Huh. Yes. It, it's
1: an exciting time. It is. It is. Um, I mean, it's interesting, like, gosh, yeah, it is. I think it's like a lifesaver too, in a way, mm-hmm. because we're still,
0: you know, yeah.
1: staying home for the most part mm-hmm. and it helps you to connect with people yeah. in, I, in I a way especially that's love that different. Part. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. hearing people's voices. Like I'm one of those people where like, when I hear someone's voice, I could just like, I don't know. It just, it's so good. Right. Like mm-hmm. it just instant connection when you hear yeah. someone's voice. Cause you yeah. can hear tonality and you could hear like, just warmth or whatever mm-hmm.
0: yeah and i also i love doing like these one on one and meetings too like i've noticed during the um doing the podcast i i also feel like it, it's my also an opportunity to like get to know someone a lot more better because I, yeah. I get to ask questions that i don't normally ask in passing or in group setting you know because you got to like read the room and then True. you know gauge people
1: well, thank you for getting to know me. This is this <laughs> yeah, has been Janae. this has been so cool. Yes, I was just like, I have plans Friday night. I like cannot like go to the grocery store. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> I like to do my grocery shopping in the morning.
1: Yes, morning times and Fridays. <laughs> the t- you know, speaking of deals, Tuesday Taco Tuesdays. But there's that. The five dollar deals at Safeway. Safeway.
0: <laughs> and like yes. when
1: those Talenti, I'm such a big fan of Talenti gelato. When they go on sale on five dollar Fridays, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm there in the morning because if you come at night, you like all so the good big, ones. You're gonna see like two Talenti jars if you're lucky. Left this one night, Raylan. I uh drove to four different Safeways. No, this was like early on in the pandemic, like maybe April or May, and gosh, like everyone oh my wanted gosh. ice cream. <laughs> And I, I went to four Safeways, and I knew. I was like, I learned my lesson. I was like, you got to go in the mornings. Like, yeah.
0: Don't go at night. I remember early on, I needed rice. I'll, I they, Yeah. All of the food la- Foodland only had, like, the small packet of brown rice, right? And brown wow. rice, cooking brown rice is a little different than mm. the white rice. because right. It takes longer. takes longer, or you have to put more water. water. Like, the ratio yep. is weird. I don't know. I didn't even know how to make it. It never came out right. So I... <laughs> Rice less. Oh no, that's bread. It like it no. <laughs> it's not the same.
1: It's not the same. So good. But yeah, this has been really enjoyable. Yes. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. Good night. Bye, Pono. Bye. <laughs>